Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, November 17th, but I need to start off with a quick apology because I did not release a Tuesday podcast this week. I had some personal things going on. So today's show, which of course features our weekly Thursday guest, Will Yormack, I'll introduce him in a second. Today's show will be a full slate breakdown. We will review the spend up and the value options for the upcoming week 11 DFS slate. We will do a quick uh, look into the MVP odds. We will do a quick best bets for week 11 lines. And I know I normally do like a recap of my previous week and a note about how to gamble and track line movements. I'm going to include some of that stuff in the Saturday podcast this week. I'll do my you know, review of my stats um, and my recap. I'm going to skip all of that because I am joined live by Willie Yormack, again, our weekly Thursday guest. Willie, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on to the pod. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I, I don't really know if I should need an introduction anymore. I mean, I'm the one backing Justin Fields week in, week out, but... This is true. Wait, Mike, you remember when I said last week that I, I looked like a mushroom after I got that haircut? Yeah, have you taken the hat off yet? No, the hat's still on because I'm now being told that I look like Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. <laughs> and I understand it, right? Like, I have a long neck. It's like, can people feel out? Like, I like, what's good with all of this? But regardless, I'm pumped to get into it. Let's go. If you guys want to see what Willie looks like, just simply Google image Sid the Sloth from Ice Age, and you'll have a near-perfect rendition of this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Willie, first thing that we want to talk about today was you know, we did um, the look ahead. We did the MV- we did NFL futures a few weeks ago, and we absolutely crushed it. So now I wanted to do a like midseason awards look ahead, like specifically at MVP. Um, I'm coming into this with a few existing bets. I bet on Josh Allen at seven to one. I bet on Mahomes at eight to one. I bet on Lamar at twelve to one, and I oh Lamar was twenty to one. But I bet on Dak at 15 to 1 as well. So those are my four quarterbacks that I was going into the year with. And now we've seen the odds drastically change. I'm going to read off some of the current odds because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't have this page right in front of you. Mahomes is the lead candidate at a plus 125, followed by a three way tie between Josh Allen, Tua, and Jalen Hurts, all at a plus 500. And then Lamar is a plus 1,200. Is there any other quarterback on this list that you think I should name? Is there any other player further down the list that you think I should name? Should we throw a Tyreek in the mix or a Justin Jefferson or a, you know, I don't even think Michael Parsons is still. Yeah, Michael Parsons is really far down there. Is there anything else or are we just focusing on these top five quarterbacks now that we've reached the midway point of the season and we kind of have a solid understanding of who the MVP race is between. Yeah, I think we focus on the top five quarterbacks, even though, <laughs> Mike, it was crazy to see Justin Jefferson's catch last week. <laughs> you know what I mean? You... It lost me fantasy. <laughs> Did it actually? Uh, yeah, 100%. I lost, I lost by four points, and because of that catch, and then it ensued that he would you know, get more catches and, and then go to overtime, get even more points. He got like 10 points after that catch, and I lost by four. Yeah, that, that's a brutal way to go out. I feel like that's probably happened to a lot of different people. Um, I, yes, I think, yeah, I, there's, there's bad beats all over. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to focus on, on the quarterbacks for now. Um, I think right now I like 
Josh Allen at what'd you say he is? He's at plus five hundred. Um, and yeah, he's five to one. And what was he last week? Do we remember? He was like he was like a plus three fifty last week. He was definitely his odds have definitely gotten more favorable to the better. His odds have gotten longer. Right. So if which, you want to jump which, in now, you're getting better odds. Which I really like, right? Because Patrick Mahomes has gotten worse for the better and for the better yeah. and um. Essentially, what I'm thinking right now is, like, Patrick Mahomes, with him right now, Hardman, Scantling, and Juju may be out for the Chiefs, um, which are pretty three big offensive weapons for him. And um, my thought process right now is that this is the, the Chargers play the Chiefs really well, and Mike Williams and Keen Allen actually may be healthy scratches and play this week. So if the Chargers, depending on, like, what happens with uh, all all the players? If Mike Williams and Keenan Allen play, I think that the Chargers could genuinely beat the Chiefs outright. If the Chiefs are going to be lacking three big offensive weapons, and so the whole point of that is that Patrick Mahomes is at plus. What'd you say, one twenty right now? Yeah, one twenty five. Yeah, one twenty. I see where you're going with this, Willie, and I I think it's brilliant. Keep going. Yeah, so you know if, if he's at plus one twenty five right now and then doesn't perform that well against the Chargers, who may be getting healthy right now and are at home and always play the Chiefs well, you know his odds by the end of the week may may go back up to plus three hundred. So I'm not going to take Patrick Mahomes at his odds right now. If anything, I would take Josh Allen at plus five hundred. I think he's pissed off. Like he, the Bills shouldn't have lost against the Vikings. Justin Jefferson made the catch of the year. I think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in football. Jalen Hurts just lost, like to Washington in an embarrassing fashion. I do think Tua is really good. Been pretty. He's seven zero as a starter. Been unstoppable. But I'm on Josh Allen right now, and I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna wait a week, and I'm gonna watch the odds before I take anything. And so. and or I'll take Josh Allen at plus five hundred. I don't think that's bad odds. So, to reiterate what Willie's saying, to summarize this, because it's actually brilliant gambling advice. This is why we bring you on to the pod, Willie. This is why you're now a weekly guest. This is why you give the listeners what they need. Um, what Willie is saying is that the Chiefs have a really tough matchup this week. And Willie might be fading the Chiefs. We'll talk about that in our Week 11 bets. He might not. The Chiefs might win. I, who knows? But they do have a really tough matchup, and Mahomes is missing his weapons. So if they do happen to lose this week, there's no reason to take a favorite right before they have a really challenging week. If Mahomes wins this week, his odds are going to stay right around plus 25. If the Chiefs lose this week, then his odds go back up to plus 300, plus 350, and that's when you jump in. So if you're a Mahomes better in the MVP race right now, if you're working with a blank slate, if you want to reinvest more money into this race because you still find value, the right bet is to wait on Mahomes one week. I think that's absolutely brilliant. On the flip side of that, Willie, I know you're going to be big backing the Bills this week, so I think you would want to take the Josh Allen at the plus 500 now if they do make a statement game, if he does look really good from his UCL injury now back-to-back weeks where it hadn't really affected him if he has one more good game. Um, I think you jump in on the Josh Allen plus 500 now. You wait on the Mahomes, and I agree. Tua, probably not going to pan out. Hurts, they lost, and his stats are really not up to par with these other guys. Um, and And... When I say Tua not going to pan out, like 
their schedule the back half of the year is so hard. Yeah. So I think we need to take that into consideration. And then if you want to play off the schedule angle, which is something I very much do often, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. Now he's 12 to 1. And I know that the Ravens schedule, I think the Ravens have had a 10-point lead in every single game this season, even though they've lost three of them. And now they have the easiest remaining, what, seven games left on the schedule. Like, the rest of their schedule is an absolute joke. I can read the teams if I need to, but it is like they should sweep the board. And if Lamar goes on this run where he sweeps the board and he's winning his by the Ravens are winning by an average of two touchdowns and they end up being, you know, 13, 14 and three and every single game they led by two touchdowns. That's an MVP season. You know, that's a season where if Mahomes dips, if Allen continues and the Bills continue to falter a little bit and the Ravens shoot up to first or second place, potentially getting a buy in the in the AFC. I like Lamar. So Lamar, if I was starting with a blank slate for this right now, I would go a little bit Lamar 12 to 1, a little bit Josh Allen 5 to 1, and waiting on Mahomes at one at seeing what it is next week. I think that's brilliant. I, brilliant. I, I actually think that's perfect. And I am going to read off the Ravens schedule because I was curious and it is such a joke. So just for the listeners. Say, yeah, go ahead. The Ravens are. Read it off. The Panthers, they then play. The Ravens are home against the Panthers. They're away against Jacksonville. They're home against the Broncos. They're away against the Steelers. They're away against the Browns. They're home against the Falcons. And then they play the Steelers again. I mean, those are those are not good teams. Um, so I, I definitely like where your head's at with all of that. Yep, I have their fantasy defense. I am really excited for that back half of the season. Um, I wish I had Lamar because I think he might shoot up in the MVP race. If you are... A season-long fantasy player and someone's trying to come buy low on Lamar, tell him to go F off. Tell him to go find <laughs> someone else to try and do that too. And try and ride Lamar through the fantasy playoffs. All right, Willie, let's segue this over to um, week 11, right? I, I can review all of the line movements because I haven't done that, but I think that's probably a waste of time. Let's just pick off the games where we have the best bets and then we'll go over the betting trends for those games. So if I was going to give you the floor, based on the current odds right now, what is your best bet for Week 11? Hmm, that's a good question. So I'd say my best bet right now is to tease the Bills down to minus 1.5 uh, against the Browns. The Bills are home. It's going to be really cold. Josh Allen has lost two games in a row. It's not happening again. I mean, they're going to be buried in three feet of snow. The Browns, like they got smoked to Miami last week. This is where the Bills come back to earth and show that they're the best team like in the league. This is where this is where it is. And then on the other side of the teaser, it's to tease the Steelers up to 10.5, which is crazy for me to say. They are playing the Bengals. The Steelers are home, right? And I don't love the Steelers, I'm not going to lie, but it's a different team with TJ Watt in the lineup. It just, it's just a different defense. It's a different dynamic. It's a different energy. And Joe Mixon's not going to be able to run the ball. I have Joe Mixon. It's very unfortunate because I have a – fantasy matchup I need to win, but I'm not banking on Joe Mixon doing crazy things after a 55.5 touchdown point performance he had. I think that Cincinnati is not going to be able to run the ball. They're going to pass the ball all game, and I think that TJ Watt is going to be a menace, and I think that 10.5 points is enough to cover. I actually don't even mind taking the Steelers plus 5.5 or, or, or whatever. Um, Mike, is that what their line is? 4.5, 5.5 right now? 
four, yeah, four, four and a half. It's actually moved to three and a half. I really like um, the, both of those teaser legs, Willie. Really. I'm already on the Steelers plus four and a half, um, and I'm on the Steelers money line straight up plus 184. Uh, Tomlin as a home underdog is 14 and two against the spread lifetime. Like, we don't go against Tomlin at home as an underdog, especially when we're missing our number one weapon in Jamar Chase. So we've already seen this line sharped towards the Steelers dropping to three and a half. So you'd have to find the right book to get it at ten and a half right now to go from four and a half to ten and a half or to go from three and a half to ten and a half. You'd have to pay a little bit more juice. But I really like the, the theory and the logic behind both of those legs. And in re- regards to the Bills, um, the Bills line opened at, I think it was a seven and a half as a look ahead and then shot up to a nine and a half once like the sharp started exploring the matchup. The only reason why this line has bounced back to seven and a half is because Buffalo is expecting a lot of snow. So they're thinking, okay, if there's a lot of snow, maybe this team won't be as good and, you know, it'd be more run heavy. They won't separate as well. Sure. But they're still going to win the game. So taking them, taking the teaser leg because of it is is really, really smart because you know that the Sharps loved the way the Bills played over the Browns. You know, they you knew that they thought the Bills were going to absolutely crush the Browns. So just because of a little bit of weather, and I say a little bit, it could be a lot of bit of weather, <laughs> and um, you could use the teasers to your advantage and essentially make that a money line play. And then with the, with the Steelers, you're taking them high enough where like you don't think that the the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win by 11 without Jamar Chase against a team with TJ Watt returning at home like it's just love both of those Willie I am going to tell you on that bet 100% um my best bet for week 11 right now see it's tough Willie it is tough out I mean I do have a couple more but I am I want to hear what you have to say too I am gonna go yeah with Packers Thursday night football. Really? So it's the lines that I got, I got it at minus 1.5. It's now up to a minus 3.5. So at this point I talk about when a line has moved so much and it has crossed through a major key number. And of course three is the biggest key number in football. And this season with the added fourth down, you know, riskiness with the added two point conversions with all that stuff and shenanigans that we've been seeing, Two has emerged as quite a key number. It's not as key as three. It's not as key as six or seven, but it is an important number now. Um, so crossing two and three, you get two key numbers. At that point, you might want to take the Green Bay Packers money line, but I am riding the Packers tonight. Um, the Sharps are on them. I think that they take care of business. The only thing that scares me is the Titans are an incredibly well-coached team, but I think if you look at the matchup and the way that these teams play – I think the Packers are the clear right side for this game, and that's why the line has moved in that direction. You're seeing 57% of the bets are on Tennessee, but 57% of the money is on Green Bay. So that's a huge difference in the splits. That means the big money bettors are backing the Packers, and the line is moving in that direction. Those are all the gambling indicators that I need to take the Packers tonight. Yeah, I hear you. You, uh, you see the Packers have one good game, and now Mike's like, I'm all over the Packers after the shittiest goddamn <laughs> year. But, no, I, I definitely do hear you. I just I don't know how they're going to stop Derrick Henry, to be honest. Like, I, I really don't. I, I just don't. 
Yeah, well, I know I can't quit the Packers, but I will be riding them tonight. I will be tweeting out that as a best bet. And I think I'm not going to try and get greedy and middle this. I would talk about trying to take a Titans plus three and a half. I've been waiting for that line. I don't think I'm going to get too greedy. I'm going to stay with my Packers minus 1.5 ticket. And if you have no bets on this game right now, my recommendation is the minus 175 on the money line. And I don't have any plays on the total. 41.5 in this game. Super sharp total. Willie, Thursday night football, 41.5. Titans, Packers. Any edge there at all? Any plays or just too sharp no of a line plays. and leave it alone? I'm, I'm going to watch and see what happens. I have no plays on that game. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, what was any other best bets for um, Sunday that you want to share? Yeah, I do. Um, I am curious with the Chargers plus 5.5 playing the Chiefs, like I mentioned. This is really based off like the health status of the players, so we will see going forward. But if Scanling, Hardman, and Juju do not play, and Keen Allen and Mike Williams do play, Chargers are home. I will be riding Chargers plus 5.5. They play them well always, and I think it'll be a close game. The Chargers actually played a close game against the 49ers, missing like half their team, what it, what it feels like. Um, so I... I I like the Chargers plus 5.5, pending on, on health status. I also think that and you tell me if, if I'm wrong. I know teasing through numbers is very important when you're betting. I also like teasing the Bills to minus one and a half and potentially the Titans to plus nine. I I don't think that I don't think that Green Bay, even if they do win, are going to win by that much. I think it's going to be a close game. Tennessee is a very well coached team. Green Bay has hardly beaten any teams this year, let alone beaten teams by a lot. And the Titans also don't seem to lose by a lot. So I just think with the points, I do know you'll probably explain that plus nine is not a good number at all. Um, but I do like the Bills minus. Let me ask you, Willie. Yeah. If you didn't tease it, right? If you didn't tease it and you're just, I'm just asking you just thinking out loud, right? And you say, I don't think the Packers are going to win by that. Like, yeah, you think the Packers might win by more than three, but you don't expect them to cover the nine. What is the cutoff number between them that you feel confident? Confident? Is it six and a half? Is it seven and a half? Is it eight and a half? Is it all the way to the it'd nine? Be, be, what is that like number? Ten and a half. Ten and a half would be the ideal? Yeah, but but realistically, you could just take the – yeah, yeah, ten and a half would be the, the ideal. Okay, so in that scenario, if you're not – if you – Teasing from to ten and a half makes sense, right? Because then you're crossing through the six, the seven, and the ten. Those are all very important numbers, and so I do understand that. But at the same time, if if there's there's other ways to do it where you can not necessarily use the teaser function, but just take the alternate spread on its own and just play the Titans plus ten and a half as a alternate spread that FanDuel offers or DraftKings offers, and just play that line and don't add it in with any other teaser. Because you don't necessarily need the exact amount of points the teaser function is giving you. Yeah, that so makes if, sense. If, if it, you know what I mean? So yeah. you could just pay the extra juice for that line instead of throwing in more legs to reach that. If you say, okay, I have conviction that I really like Titans plus 10.5, just go find that line in an alternate spread and play it straight up. But if you like the other legs that it's combined with, then that's a good, you know, then it's a good bet. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Bills, I'm, I'm going Bills, to with my like I absolutely love. Yeah, the first one, which is Bills minus one and a half, Steelers up to 10.5, and then the Chargers plus five and a half, pending on health status. So 
let me talk about the Chargers one because I jumped in on the Chiefs minus five and a half um, last week. We saw the line move to seven or seven and a half even at certain points. And because of these injury news, because Mike Williams probably practicing, because Keenan Allen probably getting back to practice, because the Chiefs are going to be down their weapons, exactly what Willie said, because of these injuries, it moved back to its original five and a half line. So this And historically... The Chargers play the Chiefs very, very well. So I'm considering buying off this line. I know I've tweeted it out previously. The betting splits would tell you to bet the Chargers right now. The line movement would tell you to probably back the Chargers right now. And if you're even going to do so, given that the Chargers are the home team underdog, I like putting a little bit on the plus 205 money line as well. If you're going to take the plus 5.5, take the plus money line. I'm on the Chiefs right now. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to hope that maybe the health status of these players um, reverts back to Chiefs being healthy. I'm not going to wish that the Chargers are not healthy. But if the Chiefs are healthy, maybe this line climbs back to six, and I'll see what to do. I will tweet out what I do, but I think Willie's giving out the right advice for this game that you have to look Chargers plus 5.5, Chargers plus 205, and considering the line movement and the betting splits, the Chargers are the right side. The, the, last thing, um, the last thing I was saying, this is not a best bet of mine, but I do genuinely believe it is going to happen, is I do actually like Dallas minus one and a half against the Vikings, especially with Demarcus Lawrence coming back into the lineup. I do not like Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's good enough to do well under pressure. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson just made the catch of his life. The Bills really should have won that game. And uh, I don't like the Vikings if they make the playoffs at all. Once again, I don't think Kirk Cousins has it in him to actually be an elite quarterback. I've seen him play way too many times in way too many high-pressure games. Dallas had a really tough game last week. I think they bounce back here. I think Dallas wins this game. Like I, I still think the Vikings have a little bit of fraudulency in them, and I, I like Dallas minus one and a half. I, I did want to express that with you. I also think that's the right side for this game. I mean, we know that, 70% of the bets right now are on Minnesota, and the line's really not moving. So this is clearly the public side. The book might be taking a spot against the public. I might be selling off my Vikings plus two and buying in on the Cowboys. Um, again, I will tweet out my final card in the next few days, but Willie's giving the right advice that the Cowboys are the right side in that game, and the Vikings are fraudulent. They have played, what, seven one-score games, and they've played four backup quarterbacks. So... You just simply can't keep that up in the NFL. Uh, it's a, it is a war of attrition, this this game. Um, but that is just getting the right side of the coin seemingly a little few too, too many times. Willie, let's talk about um, DFS, right? Do you, if there's any other bets you want to discuss, or can we move on to the DFS space? Let's move on to the DFS. All right. Let's do we, – we got to do a full slate breakdown, right? So we don't need to, you know – Go $7,000 or less. I did not do a Tuesday podcast this week, so we are doing spend ups and value options for the upcoming Week 11 DFS slate. Let's start with the quarterback position. Um, Josh Allen, obviously, right at top 8500 I think you can play Josh Allen given the weather. Like If there's no crazy snow, then I would love Josh Allen at this price. I would love Josh Allen in this matchup. This, you know, Cleveland games have been sharp towards the over all season. However, this one is being majorly sharp towards the under because of the weather and the snow. So make sure you are looking before the lock and make sure you are checking NFLweather.com, checking Schefter's Twitter. You could join me and JP Sticko on the live YouTube show because we discuss weather updates up to the last minute, right before kickoff. 
So if Josh Allen is in a game where there's not going to be a blizzard, I like Josh Allen. <laughs> um, Lamar Jackson. What? Go ahead. No, that, that's just hilarious. Josh Allen's going to dominate Cleveland, but if they're in three feet of snow, <laughs> maybe stay away. It's just funny. The way right. You exactly. Exactly. But the price tag is actually a little bit representative of there might be weather in this game. And for that reason, you're getting like, you know, a few hundred dollar discount off we, what we normally get for Josh. Does that Allen. benefit? Uh, the next one on the Does that benefit? Huh? Like, does that benefit Devin Singletary? I'm just asking from like a, as a football fan. Does that like in that type of weather? Does it benefit running or passing or just none? None of it. Um, historically, cold benefits running because it makes tackling harder. Right. So you want to just make sure you keep the ball in bounds and in play and on the field, so teams will run the ball more. So you like. Tonight's game with Derrick Henry, you're going to see Derrick Henry get his, you know, 25-plus carries because the Packers are not going to want to tackle him. It's going to hurt too much. Um, and then when you hit the ground and the, the, the turf is freezing cold, it hurts more too. Um, yep. However, the, what really affects the passing game is wind. So uh, yep. wind and cold is more important than snow or rain or anything like that. Gotcha. So – um, let's let's keep going. Uh, Lamar Jackson going against Carolina Panthers should blow them out. Love Lamar Jackson. Could be a potential statement game. He hasn't been crazy fantasy performing as of late. So I would say if you're going to go with Lamar Jackson, it's more in a like tournament where you're hoping to cash like a top 5%, top 1% type of ticket. Uh, in a cash game, I probably wouldn't go in that direction. Jalen Hurts going against the Indianapolis Colts. I wouldn't do that because we know the Colts are going to run the ball relentlessly and they have a really good defense. So Hurts coming off his first loss, I wouldn't really go right back to him yet in a bad matchup. Justin Fields, a.k.a. Will Yormack. Let's go, baby. He is now $7,600, Willie. If I was doing the Tuesday pod, I would have talked about Fields without you. So maybe that's why I had to skip it this week. $7,600 in a dream matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. I think you can definitely consider Justin Fields. Of course, the rushing upside is just crazy immense. He's been a slate breaker the last two weeks. Willie has called it back-to-back weeks on this very podcast. Um, so if you've been listening, you've been cashing. Um Justin Fields, man. We'll, we'll let Willie hit that one in a few minutes. I'm going to keep scrolling down the list. Uh, another one that's definitely popping out to me, Willie, is is uh, Danny Dimes really? for the Giants. So the Giants are playing against the uh, Houston Tech – I mean Detroit Lions. And we know that the Detroit Lions get crushed when against the run. And we know Danny Dimes likes to run a little bit himself. So 5700 as a value option, Daniel Jones – is definitely my favorite of the value options. I think you can go with Mariota on the other side of Justin Fields. Similar rushing upside, rushing floor. Maybe he happens to outrush um, Justin Fields in that game, and that you know is a huge boost to you. Those are the only directions that I'm looking for value quarterbacks. So for me, it's Josh Allen, um, Justin Fields, Mariota, or Daniel Jones. So, Willie, who are you looking at for quarterback? Those are the four names that I'm looking at. Tell me who catches your eye right now. Yeah, I definitely like the Danny Dimes advice you, you gave, which, by the way, like I would never seem to recommend Daniel Jones, but but it does make sense in in this case scenario. Um, well, Willie, if, if, if the Bills game is a blizzard, right, and we know that they're playing against Detroit, they should run a lot. If the Bills game's a blizzard, 
Daniel Jones is the name given out by a lot of optimizers. So if there's not a spend up quarterback that's like super obvious on the slate, like Josh Allen, I think Daniel Jones is going to be played by a lot of DFS optimizers. So it is going to be a little bit of a chalk play, um, but it is going to be a good play nonetheless. All right, continue. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, and I pretty much agree with everything else you've said, but I am going to victory lab Justin Fields once again, two weeks in a row. I've been calling him out. It's not stopping. <laughs> you deserve it. It's not stopping this third week. I mean, he's playing Atlanta, and like I, I'm so passionate, and, and I – Justin Fields is the entire Bears offense. Like if you're watching the Bears, nobody else is doing anything. Like Cole Komet, yeah, he's popped off two games in a row, but he's popping off because Justin Fields is running five 500 yards a game, running out of the pocket. Like defenders are confused. So Justin Fields definitely a person you can you can pick in in this spot. I also like it, the Steelers secondary isn't good. I, the the Cincinnati's not going to be running the ball if they do try and run the ball they are going to fail joe burrow is going to throw a lot i, I it is a very low over under so I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from him but i do think there's a world where joe burrow has like 40 45 passing attempts he's just throwing the ball all game other than that i'm going mm -hmm. to agree with you on everything else you've said if you're going to play Joe Burrow, do it in a tournament. Like, same thing we were talking about with Lamar, where if he pops off and you get a top 5% lineup, like, then you're winning big. Because no one's going to be really playing Joe Burrow at his price tag in a game without Jamar Chase. But if you want to, you know, pivot the other direction and play into that and say, listen, he's still going to have to throw the ball with crazy volume, like, top three volume on the slate, then play into it. He might have one of those games where he puts up – you know, he had, a, he, had a, he had a week a few weeks ago. He had like 300 yards before halftime and four touchdowns. So Joe Burrow clearly can score 40 points on a fantasy slate. If he does it and you have him in a GPP contest, you are potentially winning very, 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 very big and like 10xing your entry fee or even more than that. So I like that. Um, let's move on to running backs, Will. Um, Saquon at the top of the list. I think that makes sense, but almost $9,000 paying a hefty price for Mr. Quan. Um, going against Detroit, I, I, again, I love it. He should get a lot of the passing work. He should get endless running work. He should get in the end zone. He's been amazing. I think no reason to say anything bad about Saquon. Chubb, um, not going to play any skill position players in this game if it is a blizzard. Um, if it's not a blizzard, I still don't think I'm a Chubb fan this week. I would expect Buffalo to be winning by a lot. This is assuming no blizzard, right? Assuming no blizzard, uh, Buffalo, I think, would be winning by a lot. And I think Kareem Hunt would be an interesting play that we could potentially talk about. I wouldn't go with Chubb. Um, defensive line for Buffalo is just incredible. You don't want to take a running back against them right now. Dalvin Cook, same thing. I'm not going to take a running back against Dallas. Um, I think Justin Jefferson can be a sneaky play because of uh, Minnesota is going to need to throw the ball. Jonathan Taylor. I, now, Willie, are we getting a discount on Jonathan Taylor at this point? He's going against um, the Eagles. He's at home. You know that the, the Jeff Saturday and the Colts are going to want to control this game, control the clock, control the ground and pound. Jonathan Taylor getting back to his elite volume. Is is he going to see you know the most workload on the slate and be like the – the guy this week yeah jump in right now and, I, I, yeah, and help yeah. me out with this i definitely i, I really love jonathan taylor honestly so interesting that you're saying that because I, I was saying the same thing um i'm just saying like is it worth yeah i i, I think that the Colts are going to run the game i mean run the ball all game so i, I and he's and he lit up yeah. last week so i think there's a lot of potential there uh i like him and saquon those are like my two top guys that i would choose 
And Jonathan Taylor is $1,100 less expensive. Uh, the Eagles have not been playing great. I honestly really do like Jonathan Taylor in this spot. I think he could be back. And with Matt Ryan playing again, like he can get dump offs. You know, the Colts can actually move the ball with some more efficiency. Is right. not going to be dealing with the Ellinger, you know, nonsense. Uh, I think Taylor, like he should get 25 op- running back opportunities. I really, really like Jonathan Taylor at his price tag. The the downside of this is maybe I'm falling into the same trap. I'm falling in with the Packers tonight where they had one good game and I'm, you know, immediately jumping back to my preseason priors and my expectations of this team and not reality of what I've seen and the fact that the Indy O-line has been absolute garbage this season and haven't been able to block for anyone. So I don't know, but they just got a new head coach who comes from the offensive line. I think I might play into Jonathan Taylor. I I will make Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, go ahead. I would play into Jonathan Taylor. He's for the last four weeks, 10, 10 attempts, 16 attempts. He finally saw 22 attempts. That's the second most attempts he's seen all year. And he's, he just he lit it up. Maybe he just needs some confidence, right? He played against the Raiders. The Raiders' defense is trash. Like Maybe he just need a good game under his belt to get going. I also have been telling people don't sell Jonathan Taylor in fantasy leagues. Like He he does this. He, he's bad for half the year, and then he just lights it up the, the second half of the year. He, like, he did it last year. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with you on that. I actually like Jonathan Taylor a lot in this spot. Okay, a few other names we need to discuss. Joe Mixon uh, is a name we have to discuss. Maybe you're fading him because of what you said for Joe Burrow. Uh, I just want to mention him because he's the name of the spend-ups that the DFS optimizers are giving out right now. They're expecting him to get a good amount of volume. I guess it's because one of the backups went on IR this week, so even less, even more workload for him. I know P. Ryan is still there and available, but uh, I think Chris Evans is, is now done for a few weeks. So Mixon is being given out heavily by the optimizers. Ramondre Stevenson is also being given out heavily by the optimizers. I don't. I, we have to see if Damian Harris is playing this week uh, to know if that optimizer name will stick through Sunday. Sometimes the name change because of injury news. Jets. What are we talking about here? We, we, yeah, but like I also think. I was going to say the same thing. That game is sharp towards the under, and they're playing against the Jets. But we just know, like, in a full PPR that DraftKings is, like, Ramondre gets so much work and catches that he puts up a stable amount of points considering the counterparts that he's around. You know, like, he's actually around some good names this week. Um, but, yeah, just I just want to mention that he's being given out by a lot of the optimizers. Let's keep going. Um Cordero Patterson, he gets tons of work, but if you're playing Justin Fields, you might not want to play a stack reverse stack running back in that matchup, but I like Cordero Patterson otherwise. Um, DeAndre, is DeAndre Swift going to get the ball this week? When is it? When is DeAndre Swift going to start getting work and be too cheap? Will? No, but I, I do think so. Or we just have to wait and see. This is actually – we do have to wait and see, but Jamal Williams may not play this week, which would be massive. But it's funny because when they said Jamal Williams may not play due to illness, they were like – DeAndre Swift will split with the third string. It's like, dog, how about DeAndre Swift just takes over the backfield? Like, 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 a third string without Jamal Williams is still going to split with him and, or maybe get more touches. I mean, it's, I have him on fantasy. It's ridiculous at this point. It's a, it's a wait and see game. I do think that they're starting to utilize him a little bit more, but he, he needs to just pop off one game and like earn the trust of the coaches that he's like healthy again. Otherwise, I'm not touching DeAndre Swift. I'm not just going to take him and bank that he's going to have a really good game until it's proven that he actually has a really good game. So I'm not on DeAndre Swift. All right, I'm going to 
I'm going to throw some uh, running back questions at you. I think this is going to be really interesting. Wait, what do you think about really quickly? What do you think about Antonio Gibson? Like, I feel like I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Let me, let me, let me ask you. All right. Tony Pollard or Zeke or no, Tony Pollard, Zeke or none of them. How would you approach this from a DF? Remember, you don't have to choose any of them. Who would you choose or would you just go with none of them? Where's Zeke? How much does Zeke cost? I'm trying to find him right now. Um, Pollard six thousand five hundred. Zeke is um, six six thousand flat. So what I'm asking you, Willie, is is Pollard worth his price tag? Is Pollard going to be better than Zeke? Is Zeke worth his price tag, or should we just avoid this backfield altogether? Damn, it's 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 it's. I'm going to avoid it, but because I have no idea what's going to happen. Because with, with Zeke back, I don't know what Tony Pollard's like share in the backfield is going to be, but. I like both of them as running backs. You know what I mean? I, I, I just don't really know. I need to see a game with them together. Um, so I, I'm going to stay away from that. But I do think that either Zeke or Tony has a good game. Like, I, I do actually think one, one of the two are going to have a really good game. What about you? I was going to say, if you were going to say Zeke, I do think he's underpriced. I think Tony Pollard is priced closer to what he's been doing the last few weeks and not priced into what Zeke's return might affect him. So that's just why I mentioned that one. The, the next one I was going to say, the next one. It's just tough because Tony's the better running back. It's just tough. But I Right. I, I just know if you get down to the goal line, we're, get, we're getting punch Zeke and feed Zeke, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the next pair of teammates I was going to ask you about was Gibson and um, James. Ro- what is his name? Uh, Gibson yeah. and uh, Brian Robinson. Uh, they're going against Houston. Houston is ranked 32, dead last against the uh, fantasy running backs. Gibson is 5,600. He's been getting some pretty stable um, passing game work. Brian Robinson, 5,300, and he got 26 carries last week. Which one of these two would you play if either of them? Do we know if Gibson caught any balls? Like that that seems pretty important to me in a in a PPR format. I, I need to see. Uh he caught all three of his targets for 14 yards. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but two but two weeks ago, Gibson had seven catches. That's what I'm saying. This is also a very tough uh, decision. What what are the prices? I'm, I'm looking right now. The prices are for 5,600 Gibson. But we also need to remember if Houston ranks dead last against the rush, is Gibson going to be out there catching passes or are we going to be giving the ball to Brian Robinson and pounding the rock? So it's like I am already on commanders minus three for this game. So I really do like the commanders and like the running backs in this spot. Uh, we know that Ron Rivera loves to run the ball. We right. know that Heineke is going to keep playing, so they're going to keep I, 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 the yeah. ball I'm gonna game go, controlled. I'm, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm looking at. Go ahead. I'm looking at Brian Robinson's game lock, right? And anytime he has 17 plus carries, which has been uh, three times this year, he's actually done pretty well. Um, he's going against Houston, who's given up the most fantasy points to running backs. I do agree with you. They are going to be running the ball all game. I think there's a world where they both actually do well. Antonio Gibson's a massive red zone target for Washington, which is where he's going to get a lot yep. of his points with touchdowns. He Brian Robinson ran the ball 26 times. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran the ball 22 times. And if that's the case against the worst run D, you'll be getting at like minimum 12 points from him. So w- with a yep. chance, with a chance to pop off, like what. And and he's slowly getting better. If you look at his stats, like he's slowly getting better. He's getting more implemented. Um, 
Starting the coach is starting. He's also huge. Have you ever seen him? He's monstrous. He's enormous. By the way, he's uh, like Latavius Murray big. And he was shot in the leg. The guy's a gangster. The guy's a monster. Love him. Um, but yeah, I, I like Brian Robinson here more than Antonio Gibson in this game script. Cool. Is there any other running backs you think we need to talk about? I, I think we've mentioned the ones the optimizers are giving out. We've mentioned the ones that I've got my eye on a lot. Foreman is just another one that I'll mention. I'm going to be avoiding uh, Deontay Foreman this week just because of the matchup against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be smashing them, and that's why I wouldn't play Foreman because he's not really out there when uh, Panthers are losing in passing scripts. He's really like when they're leading and he gets a lot of the work to control the game. But I wouldn't play into that for DFS this week. Yeah. What's, Any other names you want to mention? Really, what's going on with Gus Edwards? I think he's playing this week, right? Uh, yeah, we don't really know if he's going to play or Drake's going to play. And I think if that'll be a 50-50 split, I think it's going to be hard to pick which one. But if you did get it right, you'd be at a big advantage. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to touch that. Um, and I just wanted to look at one more person really quickly. Just give me a second. Um yeah, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna touch him. Um, okay, yeah, no, that's it. I think you covered it all. All right, let's go over to wide receiver. The wide receiver conversation starts with Justin Jefferson, nine thousand one hundred. Um, you gotta love Justin Jefferson every week. I know the matchup against Dallas not super ideal, but that's yeah. not a reason for me to fade Justin Jefferson. I don't think I think he's pretty matchup proof. We just saw what he did against the Bills. Um, so 9,100 hefty price tag to pay. He's definitely being given out by a bunch of optimizers right now. He's in literally every single one of the optimizer lineups. So I could see him being core for me. I could see him being played very frequently on the slate. Justin Jefferson, he's a dog. You can play him. Um, cup. No, he's out. Uh, Devante Adams. He's going against Denver, which is a tough matchup because you know he's going to be shadowed by Sertain. But he did go for like 10 for 150 when he played them last time. So I think he's one of those receivers that's, you know, too good to be stopped. But again, tough matchup. I don't love playing into a game that should be slower and, and low scoring and, and not the best. You know, it's kind of a slog. Um, Stefan Diggs, if it's a blizzard, you can't play Diggs. If there's not a blizzard, I love Diggs. Simple advice. Um, AJ Brown, skip him. I'm not I'm not playing into the Eagles this week just because the matchup is way too difficult. The uh, Indianapolis Colts rank number one, giving the least amount of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So that is the toughest matchup possible for AJ Brown. Jamar Chase out. CD Lamb, uh, definitely a very good option this week. We'll talk about him in a bit. Uh, we've been going back to the Amon Ross St. Brown well quite a bit. It hasn't super paid off as of late. I still don't mind it. Um, he did have 10 for 100 last week. So, actually, last week was great. Yeah, what are we doing? Um, so, yeah, I think you, I think, yeah I, I screwed up. I think last last week was great. I think you can go back to Amon Ra. I was going to say you can go back to him every week. He's pretty match-approof in my mind, too. And, of course, if the if the Lions are banged up like they seem to be, he should just get peppered with more and more targets. Uh, the Giants is not a defense that I fear. I think their their opponent rank is a little fraudulent, if, what I would say, compared to the quarterbacks and teams that they've faced. I think it's not really strength of schedule adjusted. T. Higgins, uh, if you were going to ride that Joe Burrow thing, you're stacking T. Higgins 100%. Like, no question about it. If you're following Willie's advice to play Joe Burrow, you are also playing T. Higgins. Um, well, well, but don't, don't Olave, I like. I don't think people should be playing Joe. Like, I, I don't. 
I, I, I like TJ Watt. I like the Steelers. I'm, I'm on them. Like, I, I think the Steelers will be, will be the better, better team to be on. The, okay. So, yeah, I know, but we, but, but, um, Joe Burrow. That's more of a dart throw, right? It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a tournament lineup. It's a one in a hundred. If you want to deviate from the slate, if you wanted to, like, it wasn't your core four of quarterbacks. Yeah. It would say, hey, here's another option if you wanted to deviate because there's volume. Perfect. If you're going into that logic, you want to because you're going for a you know one in a hundred lineup. You also want to be playing T Higgins. That's all I'm saying. It's the correlated okay. uh, values okay. between those guys. Um, Willie, any of the spend up guys that you want to speak that you have your eye on? Is it? Justin Jefferson for you, clearly, like it is for the optimizers and myself? Yeah, I would say it's CD, Jefferson, and St. Brown. Um, Jefferson, like I said, just from a matchup standpoint, it doesn't really matter who he's going up against. He's probably better than every single cornerback in the league, and he's going to do his thing. CD, the Vikings are not great at um, holding wide receivers down. He just had a massive game where I, I love CD just thriving and doing well. Um and then St. Brown, again, like he sees minimum of 10 targets a game. Like it doesn't matter the defense. Detroit doesn't have anybody. Like they're going to abuse him every game. Even if he doesn't score, he'll still see 18 fantasy points plus, like for the most part. And I, I think he's, uh, he's, he's, he's great. So those are the three spend-ups I like. Um, CD is also being given out by a lot of these optimizers. So because we have a value quarterback in a lot of these lineups because of the blizzard, because of uh, Daniel Jones is being given out um, because of his matchup against Detroit, we're seeing more money being spent in the wide receiver room. And a lot of these optimizers are pairing both CD Lamb and Justin Jefferson, which we know is a good combination of stack because they're playing against each other. So if that game is an absolute shootout, they should both go off. So I really like both of those names. Let's look into more of the budget wide receivers, Willie. There's one name, Terry McLaurin, that's really standing out to me. 5,900 going against Houston. Clearly has a rapport with Heineke where Heineke will launch him a few balls and let him go make a play for it. I really like um, Terry McLaurin. I really like uh, – I can't believe I'm saying this, but do we like – the Rams receivers, are we looking at Allen Robinson? Are we looking at Van Jefferson? Are we looking at Ben Skoranek? Because Cup is out, and that creates so much opportunity in the passing game for a team. Like There has to be some value to be figured out for the Rams situation, and getting that right would be a huge plus. And I really like Duvernay this week. Uh, we've talked about him in previous weeks. Coming off the bye, no Bateman. Andrew's still banged up. Going against Carolina should be a good matchup. Expect the Ravens to blow them out. They're the biggest, uh, they're minus 13, so the biggest favorite on the board. I like Duvernay too, Willie. Who are you looking at for budget wide receivers? Of the names that I just mentioned, do any of them pique your interest? Yeah, I like Duvernay for sure without Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews potentially not healthy. I like um, Duvernay. Who are the other two that you just mentioned really quickly? You mentioned... Um, I mentioned McLaurin and I oh, mentioned yeah. the Rams the Rams wide receiver. Okay, yeah. So the, for McLaurin really quickly, obviously, I definitely do like. For some reason, though, I didn't realize Houston gave up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, which is a little sketchy. To me. Yeah, it's only because they get crushed on the ground so teams don't have to throw gotcha. okay <laughs> the, the question is are the commanders going to be in that same spot maybe maybe not that does make sense and then in terms of the rams look i picked up a bunch of these players like i just spent like a, so much money on tyler higby on my on on waiver wire um probably too much since he's going up against the saints and they don't allow points to tight ends with that being said i'm going to wait a week right like i do think there is potential for Allen robinson ben 
and or uh, Higby to like pop off on a normal basis or Van Jefferson, but I'm going to give it a mm-hmm. week. I need to. I, the Rams have just been so bad. There's a world where it just doesn't get any better, and I'm going to wait a week. So I'm not going to bet on any of them. I do think that there is upside, and if you want to take a bet on any of them, I, I like. I think Van Jefferson could be a big play this week. Um, other than that, I'm I'm going to stay away from from those uh, players. But for me, in terms of what I like, I like personally Cortland Sutton. If Jerry Judy's Jerry Judy's going to be out, I think I don't. I hate Den- Denver's yep. offense, but I just think they're going to throw to Cortland against the Raiders. Three matchup too. Yeah, it's like Cortland. I mean, I think Cortland once Jerry Judy went down, I could be wrong. Saw around like 13, 14 targets last game, which is. Pretty unheard of. Maybe it was 11 or 12. Not positive. Um, the next guy I'm going to go with is Olave. And look, I know the Saints have been so bad, right? It's like, how could you go with any wide receiver or, or anybody on the Saints? But the Rams defense has allowed the fourth most receptions to opposing wide receivers this season. The Rams are not good. Olave is good. It is clear that he is their best offensive weapon outside of Alvin Kamara. And... I think that Dalton potentially losing his starting job, he, he really needs to like take advantage of playing the Rams this week. Like the Rams are just a shitty team. And I think if he's going to do that, he's going to need to throw to Olave often. And I also just from watching Olave, he is really good. So I think it's just a matter of time. And so I do like him as well. Um, the last person I would say I really like is Kadarius Tony. I do think that, um, I do think that the, Chiefs and the Chargers, they're, they both throw a lot, right? And um, without Juju, without Scantling, without Hardman, who are they going to throw to? Uh, they're, they're probably going to throw to uh, Kadarius Tony and, and Travis Kelsey, you know? So I, I like um, I like him there as well. I don't know. What, what about you, Mike? Do you like any of those or not really? Yeah, I, I, I think you... The only thing I, I agree with all of it. The only thing I slightly disagree with is I think you actually do have to take a pick on the Rams guys because the value is so abundant. Like I, I know the optimizers are giving out both Higby and Skoranek in nearly every lineup, and uh, and if it's not in the one lineup that those two are not given, Van Jefferson's given. So the only thing is I think you do have to f- kind of figure out which one you want to play into for the Rams because the value is just like immense because Cup's fourteen targets are now to be spread around probably going to be like 11 targets because they'll probably miss a first down or two that cup affords them to create some more plays. But yeah, I agree with everything else. Let's move on to tight end. Wait, really quick. What, you had a question? If you are going to do like, if you are going to do that for the listeners, I just want to make everyone clear that the saints have given up the second fewest fantasy points against tight ends. The saints are pretty automatic yep. against tight ends all year. So yep. Van or Ben probably makes more sense in, in that regard. I agree. I'm probably not, Gonna, it's probably not going to be Higby for me. Okay, um, let's move on and discuss the tight ends. If it's not Higby, um, we don't. We know Travis Kelsey not on the slate. We know Mark Andrews dealing with the injury. We know Goddard dealing with the injury. We know Waller injured. Like the, the whole tight end room is completely banged up. That we are definitely going to be looking for value tight ends for me. It becomes Higby, like we mentioned, and then I have three other names I want to throw at you, and you tell me which one you like the most. Ooh, let's go, baby. I like I like our boy Dolchich going against the Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders are so freaking bad at defense at covering the passing game. 
Russ is in a good matchup this week. Cortland Sutton's in a good matchup this week. Greg Dolchich is in a good matchup this week. On the other side of the ball, Foster Moreau, 3,700, caught a touchdown last week, is filling in the full-time role for Darren Waller. We know that the Raiders utilize the tight end position a lot, so that should mean Moreau takes over a pretty big role. Um, Hayden Hurst is being given out by a lot of the optimizers. We know that his routes run compared to the amount of passes that Joe Burrow throws is significantly higher than a lot of other tight ends. He's always running routes. He's always out there running around. So I think you could play into that. And then the other one was going to be Higby. So it was be Higby, Dolchich, Moreau, and Hayden Hurst are the four names that I'm looking at. Yeah, I, um... I don't look. I don't like mind Higby just from the standpoint of like, like you said, like there's 14, 15 targets that got to go elsewhere, right? So it's like you kind of got to go throw the ball and, and and Higby out of Van Jefferson and Ben are he's probably the most reliable. So I think there's a world where he is like a, he he does play well. For me, mine are going to be Dalton Schultz for sure. Um, definitely Ooh, nice. Definitely big on Dalton Schultz. Um, I was watching the game last week, and I think outside of CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz is their second is is Dak's second favorite target, and also in the red zone, he just looks at Dalton Schultz, and he, also Dalton Schultz has put up two very good weeks in a row now. I think he's seen sixteen targets, seventeen targets in the last two weeks, um, so he's starting to provide some consistency, which I really like. I am also going to then talk about Cole Komet. Crazy. I know he's had four touchdowns in, in two weeks. Probably not sustainable. What I will say is that Chicago, I think Justin Fields is going to do the same thing he's been doing the last two weeks. I don't think Atlanta's going to stop him. I think he's going to be running all over the pocket. I think he's going to be running all outside the pocket. I think he's going to be, you know, just running nonstop. And that opens up field for Komet and other players to get open. And Komet seems to be his favorite person. He's put up 20-plus points in fantasy two weeks in a row. So I do really like that. And then the last person I'm going to agree with you on is Dulcich. I don't know like if our listeners were watching the Denver game last week, but Dulcich, um, Russell Wilson overthrew Dulcich on a 50-yard touchdown. Like, and, and I was watching, and I was actually screaming and pissed off and, and cursing because <laughs> I had last week said – take Dulcich, Dulcich is the answer. And then I looked at my room and I was like, dude, Russell Wilson fucking sucks. Like, is that a joke? <laughs> he does. I, I, he does. I, Team I, three, I, baby. Like he was right. It open, bro. I was watching Denver. They utilize, they utilize Dulcich. That was a mistake of a game for, for his usage. Like, I don't think it's going to happen again. So from a value standpoint, I really like Dulcich. Um, so those are my three, three guys that I'm looking at. Amazing. All right, let's move over to defense. And let's... But yeah, I'm just sorry. Okay. What'd you say? I missed it. No, I just, I really do actually like Dalton Schultz. He's put up from a top tier, he, he's becoming more top tier tight end to me at this point. Like, with, with yeah, and he's not priced that way. So if you want to, if you want to get ahead of the boat, if you think he's going to be priced where Hawkinson is priced in a few weeks, and you want to be playing Dalton Schultz, I think that's a great yeah, recommendation. So, Will he might be a thousand dollars underpriced? Yeah, let me just really quickly tell you: last two games, seven targets, eight targets, seventy-four yards, putting up fourteen points, and then uh, with eight targets, putting up seventeen points with a touchdown there. Um, and the week before, he had yeah, that's, that's really really good. Yeah, that's really good. All right, let's move on to defenses. Um, I think there's two options that we're looking at. 
this week? I mean, Ravens, if you're going to spend up, sure. But let's let's talk about who the most realistic options are. And for me, it's two. It's the Commanders and the Texans. So they're playing against each other. So I would just get one of the defenses in that game. I expect it to be a little bit sloppy. I expect it to be low scoring. I expect there to be opportunities provided by Davis Mills and Taylor Heineke. You need to find the teams that throw the ball with decent volume, but also don't have guys like Aaron Rodgers who throws like one interception a year. So like you need to find the right young quarterbacks to pick off, find the right defenses that you know might blitz heavy, create some sack opportunities. For me, it's clearly one of those teams in those matchups. The optimizers agree. All the optimizers are giving out one of those two teams. Um, so that is where I'm looking. Willie, any other spots that you're looking for defenses this week? Yeah, I'm not I'm not looking. No, the com- commanders definitely makes the most sense, especially coming off like a high playing the Eagles. Um, they're in a feel-good situation yep. right now. They should get Chase Young back too. I'm not sure if it's this week, but it might oh, be. Oh, that's massive. If that if he does come back, I mean, even if he doesn't, Washington should really roll Houston. Houston's just not good. Um, and so I, I do like commanders from a value standpoint. I, I do wonder if the Patriots, without Corey Davis playing, like I, I know the Jets very, very well. Obviously, they run the ball, but if Corey Davis isn't there, Elijah Moore hasn't caught a ball in like 14 years. And... <laughs> we have that many wide receivers. Garrett Wilson's nasty, but like, like Bill Belichick's gonna know to like pay attention to Garrett Wilson. Zach Wilson may have another bad game, unfortunately. Like, I think he's been playing better, and I, I'm I'm all for the Jets' defense, and I love their running game. But it, it's also you're spending up for the Patriots, and I actually think that the Commanders just makes more sense from a value standpoint. So I'm gonna go with the Commanders. Sweet. All right. I think that wraps us up for this week. I think we've covered everything. We did a nice discussion about the MVP odds and where they stand going into week 11. We hit us hit you guys with our week 11 best bets. We did a full slate DFS breakdown. Willie, thank you for joining me. As always, I will see you next Thursday. And to the rest of the audience, I will be back on Saturday with a pod. I will include a few notes about a week in review from last week. I will do the core four and I'll do any other gambling advice that I need to do given how the odds move in the next few days and review my final bets. Willie, I'll see you next week and to everyone else. Peace out. Peace out. Let's make some money.